Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts carol g juan gabriel christina aguilera what do these three have in common you mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Boom, what up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the uh, sunny yet smoldering city of Angels. I hope everyone who's listening to us in Southern California is safe, especially uh, our peeps in the Valley and beyond. Uh, Yeah, those pictures are, in fact, real. They are real. Like, no, there's, that's, that's, that's not real. Those are real pictures from early this morning. Anyway, uh, we'll do a sports show. We'll do sports talk and um, uh, the rest uh, be damned. In the meantime, 877-99-FOX is in fact the phone number. This is the Doug Gottlieb show. Uh, I believe, I believe we have confirmation that uh, Brett Brown, head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers is going to join us in, oh, 15 minutes or so. Is that accurate, Ryan Music? All right, good. That is, that is accurate. Good. Love, 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 love. Look, tis the season for college coaches to leave, to depart. And Willie Taggart has caught some heat because he lied to the media about when he was contacted by Florida State, even though uh, Rob Mullins, his uh, 
AD apparently was made well aware of when the actual contact took place. And every year this time, I see people on Twitter or listen to them on radio or see them on TV uh, say something or other in regards to a coach leaving his program and how come coaches can leave their programs and yet players cannot, right? How is this fair? The fake outrage in the coaches can leave, players cannot, is the fakest of fake outrages. It's the most unrealistic in unrealistic views you only see in regards to sports and not in regards to real life. Pick the coach, if you will, and the argument is pretty simple. Let's take Jimbo Fisher. Okay? Um, There's one big over overwhelming, overwhelming statement that needs to be made. Nowhere in life is there a sign that says life is fair. Also, nowhere in life do we say that a professional or a teacher who leaves is viewed the same way as a pupil who leaves. Nowhere. And when we stop and look at, look, are the, is the money that these coaches making, is it ridiculous? Of course it is. Of course it is. Uh, but it's, it's also really easy to lose sight of the fact that, like, let's take Jimbo Fisher, who uh, was a quarterback at uh, Salem International University in West Virginia. Then he finished up at Samford, which is in Birmingham, Alabama. He played a little bit of professional football. Then he became a GA, a grad assistant. Then he became the offensive coordinator quarterback coach. How much do you think he was pulling then? The idea is this, that Jimbo Fisher is 52 years old, and this is the culmination of a life's work. A life's work. And so if you think that his movement is in any way parallel to that of a 19, 20-year-old college student who wants to, on a whim, break their contract with the university and transfer school to school, well, then I have news for you. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't true. It ain't, life's not, it's not fair. Life's not fair. Young people for years have said that life's not fair. And guess what? It's not fair. It's not. But also to those who have worked and worked and worked and become and, and obtain positions of prominence, the rules for them are different than the rules for you. In addition to the fact that this is the way that profession actually works. When they switch, when they switch jobs, they cannot sit out a year. It is, it, it, you're, you're comparing incomparables. I've seen this Willie Taggart's, you know, one year at Oregon, now at Florida State. He should have to sit out a year. First of all, anytime you break a contract, and remember, Oregon doesn't have to allow him out of his contract. Florida State didn't have to allow him out of his contract. But anytime you break a contract as a head coach, there is a buyout fee. There's a buyout fee. And so when a college athlete breaks their contract, there is a buyout as well. The buyout is one year of elgi- one year where you can't play. That's it. So first, there's the basics of the contract. Second, there's the basics of, hey, if a professor leaves as opposed to student leaves, it's totally different. It's no different than sales manager and salesman. If you want to compare it to the professional world, you can. You want to compare it to the amateur world, you can. Anywhere you are, we are not equals. A coach is not an equal of a player. 
When was the last time that anyone thought they were equal? And so who are these people creating these fictitious arguments that are nauseating? I don't know. Why should they they should get to sit? Like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. When players leave schools, look, the players want of 85 on scholarship. When you leave, can it dramatically affect your team? Sure. But not the way a head coach can. Head coaches change how universities are viewed. Plus, they have to employ 10 to 25 assistant coaches underneath them who then have to go recruit 25 signees. Like it is so much more in-depth, it is so much more important, and it is so much more expensive, by the way, to move than to simply sacrifice one year. When you make that argument to me, I almost always shut off my brain, like, mm, this is a person I can't talk to. Right? It's like the, the latest in the LeVar Ball thing, where I don't know if you heard this, Jason Whitlock was on the herd earlier today. And he said, like, look, look, uh, LeVar's lying, right? LeAngelo's lying. And LeAngelo went on the Today Show and said that, uh, that you know, other guys were stealing stuff, so he just followed suit, whereas Jason has a really good source that tells him, I said, really, really good source tells him that's not actually what happened. Le, uh, LeAngelo's credit card was declined. And that's what started this little bit of a crime spree. Only one guy stole from all three stores. It was LiAngelo. Like, he's lying. And so when I hear the dad blame everybody but the actual son for his actions, I shut off. Like, that's immediately my brain just shuts off to you. I have the exact same reaction to people who go, why can't players just play when they transfer? Because you can't. Because what it would cause if you allowed players to, to transfer and play right away, play right away, is mass chaos, is recruiting on football fields, is you shake hands, assistant coach runs over to other teams' quarterback and says, we need a quarterback, why don't you transfer as soon as possible? If players can play right away, you why can't you transfer right at semester and play right away? So... I, there, there are arguments I hear which may, are really interesting and make me think. And there are arguments I hear that make me completely shut off my brain on the yearly apples and oranges. College football coaches are not even close to being in the same discussion as college football players. They're not one of 85 as opposed to the head coach who has to, who has to line out his assistants, who has to deal with, uh, the grades of the re of retaining the players, return, uh, recruiting the incoming players, the media obligations, as well as a financial buyout, which usually is in the seven figures uh, plus area. Like if you want to compare apples to apples, fine. It's fine. If you want to say, hey, well, how come some athletes, you know, track athletes can transfer and not sit and football players have, have to sit or basketball players have to sit? That's a better argument. And there are reasons for, for that. I mean, like, look, part of it is the financial investment of universities into football players, into basketball players is so much greater than into other scholarship athletes. It's, it's not even funny. But if you want to make the argument, you're making an apples to oranges argument, and that's when I completely shut down. Completely shut down.
All right, we got stuff going on in uh, uh, in the NBA. We got to discuss uh, the possibility that John Elway is going to fire a coach when maybe the finger should be pointed at him. Brian Billick's going to join us later on the show. I believe the 1 o'clock hour, 1 o'clock West Coast time, 4 o'clock East Coast time, Super Bowl champion uh, coach from the NFL Network, Brian Billick. We'll ask him about the Giants, who, by the way, not, no surprise, announced today they are starting Eli Manning. Um, I'll pose the question. Another, uh, you know, the... The Twitter thing, which is blown up, is the should Rosen and Darnold sit out bowl games? I'll give you the why Rosen and Darnold are different than are going to be viewed differently than any of the players who have already announced they're sitting out meaningless bowl games. Plus, Chris Broussard will join us. We got a ton of things to get to, but upcoming next, um, we were told to trust the process. The process is playing out as such, to which. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons appear to be the real deal. The head coach that's been along for the entire journey. He'll join us next in the Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, but upcoming first, <clears throat> I've, I've told you for a, a long, long time about, um, uh, about uh, Fox Sports Radio and what we're doing with the Salvation Army. Now, you think of the Salvation Army, you just think of the person who's ringing the bell and you feel really bad, like emotionally, like, man, I want to give a dollar. I want to give $2. But what does it really go to? What is it really for? You almost feel like sympathy for somebody who's giving up their ability to shop with their family and maybe you dig into your pocket or you say, I'm going to get you on the way out of the store. I don't know if you realize that the Salvation Army serves over uh, almost 25 million people with shelter, meals, and Christmas assistance. And uh, think about it this way. If you give $100, you can help feed a family of four for three days. $150 pays for a meal for 65 young kids that don't have anything to eat. So instead of, you know, digging into your pocket for a dollar, for $2, do this. Go to foxsportsradio.com, click on the red kettle icon, you can donate. Or maybe easier, here's a phone number. 833-SAL-JOIN. That's 833-SAL. That's Salvation Army. SAL join and please donate today. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for and on average save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Who sings this, uh, Ramos? Uh, these are the Roaches. The Roaches. Wonderful Christmas time, a Paul McCartney tune. It is. I, that's what I thought it was. It was the Paul McCartney. This is not the Paul McCartney version. It's not the Wings version. No. Um. Okay. So here, here's what the edict from above was: people like holiday music, and I'll be honest, I actually like holiday music. Uh, I find I found myself uh, when I was driving when we did the show last week from Pittsburgh. I called the Pitt Duquesne game. Uh, I found myself listening. iHeartRadio has in every market they have a a holiday music only station. Um, yeah, they, they really do. It's how, and, and it doesn't, it's, it's not yet to the point of being tiresome, right? Um, it's not, I, I still like it. I don't know if would music, would that classify as a classic Christmas song? Is that what we're looking for? I mean, I guess that's kind of, that's more hip than, uh, some of the Bing Crosby stuff, but, uh, I want, I want your thoughts on it. Any and all Christmas yeah. music will be welcomed here on the Doug Gottlieb show. Actually, I should say holiday music. Holiday music, holiday music is yeah, welcome here really on the Doug Gottlieb of, show. Yeah, there's not really a ton of really catchy uh, Hanukkah, um, <laughs> Hanukkah tunes. Sounds right? like there's a, there's a market to be had, Doug. There is. You, you, you want to start collaborating? Oh, Ramos, what like, do you think? It's like, of course. It's like, 
it's like Chinese food, right? Chinese food on, uh, like the, the, the New York Jewish thing is you have Chinese food and you go to the movies on, on Christmas Day. You guys are aware of that? That's Did not my, know that. That's what my people do. When, when does the new Star Wars drop? Isn't it the 15th? That is affirmative. Uh, so what's the story here? I mean, do we need to set the date here? A, a show date? Like, I guess music is too cool for school. And I know Dan Byer is kind of going to clown us about, but, but you want to take your kids or you want to take Lucas, I'm sure. Right. Yes. And I would love to take at least Harper, maybe one of the others as well. Like, how do you want to do this? I, I'm, I don't think I want to stay and stand in line on the 15th. No. But Ramos, I think we need to have a go to see Star Wars and review it here on the Doug Gottlieb show. That would be good. Uh, Saturday, uh, I have a soccer tournament. My team's in. Uh, so maybe Sunday. I don't know. Can you do Sundays or I don't know? Well, like, what do you think? I'm Mormon or something? <laughs> I can't do, can't do Sundays? John's game will probably be done early. They'll be eliminated <laughs> soon. So maybe you could get your Saturday night Come show. Come on now. Wow. This is a playthrough tournament. Yeah, there's four teams in it, though, right? No, no, this is the area, all of Area 1C, which is like the San Gabriel Valley, so. Yeah, yeah. but you guys were, like, terrible, and then you won a game in the playoffs in the two fourteen playoffs. Hey, I can't tell you how we got there, Doug. I just know we're there. Hey, just remember, guys, it's about how you finish, not That's how right. you start, right, John? So you... It's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> you know, the only people the only people who say that are people who start really, really poorly. <laughs> really poorly. Um, Bayer, are you in it all on Star Wars? You you don't even like movies. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm going to pass on that. I, uh, what is it? The Last Jedi? Is that what it is? All right. That's yeah. about a, all I know. Unfortunately, The Last Jedi won't actually be The Last Jedi, right? Like, we know that. Like, it's we know it's a contradiction in terms already. Because Luke was supposed to be the last one, but no, there was another, and the other, the other was, in fact, uh, Leia. And then we find, find out now. Okay, anyway. Um, and this is a like... continuation of the previous one, which is a continuation of the Return of the Jedi, correct? Right. Correct. Okay. All right. Correct. Correct. Brett Brown joins us. He's head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, do you like Star Wars? Brett Brown joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Brett, you there? Yes, Doug, I am. Um, do you like Star Wars? I'm, uh, I grade myself an average fan. You know, I wouldn't say I'm over the top, but how can you not like Star Wars? Okay, so I guess the, the question becomes, like, you guys do have some downtime when you're on the road. Granted, coaches have less downtime because you're watching film or, you know, you're, or you're, you're meeting or you're having good dinners or whatever. Um, like, are you, do you go to a movie? Like, what is your downtime thing to do on the road with the Sixers? Movies, bowling, you know, nightclub drink? Like, what do you do? Well, not much of any of that other stuff. I live sort of a, uh, I guess in retrospect, listening to what is going to be my answer, a boring life. I, I like hanging with my staff. I do like from time to time, you know, doing stuff with the team. We, the team went and saw the movie Mully a few weeks ago, which is incredibly inspirational. But by and large, you know, I think everybody likes their peace and quiet as much as anything. Brett Brown joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Um, people are finally starting to come around to not just the process, but how you have navigated the team through the process. But in it now, now teams are getting up for the Sixers. The crowds are showing up, but so too the defense is better. The competition is better. How different is it for you to coach against opponents now as opposed to a couple years ago when you were in total rebuild mode? I don't think it's that I don't think it's really that different. I hear your question, Doug, but for me, like kind of what you do is what you do is what you do. I think the expectations 
you know, are a little bit different. But the preparation, it, it really isn't. I feel, you know, to, to your larger point, that looking where we were when I first took the job versus the resources and evolution of what we've been able to do, you know, since I, I have been here with some draft and development and all that stuff, it is completely different. Brett Brown joining us, head coach of the 76ers. Sixers are 13-10, and 10, third place in the Atlantic Division, very competitive division, uh, joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Um, ben Simmons is a, a fascinating player. He's not just fascinating because of his path to end up at your doorstep and your relationship with his family going way back when. He's fascinating because he, he's not a very good shooter, but he, he at least no, at a young age, he knows he's not a good shooter. And so if you play off him, he finds a way to get to your body instead of like so many other young players that can't shoot. They keep trying to prove to you they can shoot. Um, give me your experience so far. Here we are, you know, 25 games in or so, coaching Ben Simmons now as opposed to what you thought you were getting when you drafted him. Well, let, let's, let's stick with your point because you, I can talk a lot on this. Let's stick with your first point about the shooting. I think his ability to like chew up space and if people are going to go like under under pick and rolls or their pickup points when he's coming down the floor they're going to meet him in the paint you know he really can gobble up space and get like a head of steam and just run right straight through you and you know at six foot ten he's got a different vision line i still am always challenging him and working with him on finishing you know at times you're not sure if even he knows if he's right-handed or left-handed. And so I feel like the spatial issue of how do you handle when teams don't guard you instead of being, like, baited into shooting, I think he's handled that with a great level of maturity. I think when you first came in and you say, like, we're going to make you a point guard. You know, we get you six foot ten, We get you've been a four-man your whole life. But we think, I think, that you can be a point guard. It's his mentality. It's his skill package. And... He's exceeded all expectations. You know, there's a poise that he has that he, he really has no right to have given he's only played 20-whatever NBA games. And then the real exciting part for me is I think he can make his, make his greatest impact defensively. He really, you know, he can switch out and guard multiple positions. Uh, his dad was a heck of an athlete. He, too, is an amazing athlete. And I think to date the, uh, the package, Doug, has been uh, – has exceeded expectations. Now, he, he made both free throws in your loss to the Suns, your, your most recent game, but he struggled mightily from the free throw line. And to any of us who have really watched him play, you know that he's basically ambidextrous and that he kind of the only thing he really does with his left hand is shoot, shoot perimeter jump shots. Whereas when he gets 15 feet and in, he shoots with his right hand. He finishes not exclusively, but he finishes as well or maybe better with his right hand than he does his left hand. Has there been any conversation at all? You guys are sitting around on the road and you're watching tape and you're watching Miss Free Throws. Like, hey, what if we switched him around and we had him shoot right handed? I mean, we talk about stuff like that since we drafted him. And the thing that people probably don't think about as much as they should is the player has a significant decision in that life lifetime adjustment you know like you just don't come in and say hey we've decided we're going to make you a right-handed player when he shot his whole life another way the thing that i respect about ben is when we talk you know like it's all on the table and there's nothing like having a a year under your belt where you've played nba basketball 
and in the off season, you know, you can make responsible, thoughtful, with with time on your side decisions. As we speak, it has been discussed, not at a serious level, uh, but you know, like the growth of Ben Simmons, we all feel a responsibility. We got such a unique athlete. It's exciting on how you can develop somebody mm-hmm. like Ben. And then you have Joel Embiid, who's obviously beloved for his personality. And uh, he's just astonishing with some of the things athletically he can do for a man his size. Um, I know you only had him 33 games last year. And, of course, there's, you know, there's been, been the fight with, with the minutes and, and sitting out, sitting out uh, games at, at some, um, during some moments um, so he doesn't play on back-to-back nights. But give me your sense now. Here we are, 23 games in to Joel Embiid's second year on an NBA basketball floor where you think he is. I just think he's scratching the surface. Really what he's been able to do without practicing. And you have to hear that. He doesn't practice. Uh, and if he, if he does, it'll be like, you know, for a small amount of time. He hasn't been able to do that. And so our whole world is, how do you deliver him to game night? And how do we walk him down where ultimately he will be able to practice, he will be able to play back-back, and he will sort of evolve into a normal, you know, NBA player experience the same schedule that his teammates do. And for him to have accomplished what he's accomplished without really practicing, I see it on the turnover end, you know, where, you know, he's a little bit less comfortable when he gets double teamed. He's getting more and more comfortable passing out of a post. But his skill package is off the charts. It's hard to, like point to a player and say he's this because he has such a variety of ways offensively he can impact the game and defensively that's who he is that's where his mind is is most centered I love it uh, he is the crown jewel to our defense and he thinks like that we we want to go all in I think as fans on Jojo uh, but when we hear he's missing a game because of a sore knee or we hear like you say he, he, he doesn't practice and it's all about getting him ready for the game that makes leads some of us to think, oh well, he's he's so banged up that he'll never he'll never be able to sustain um, what what his true potential is because his body just won't let him. Is this, in all honesty, is this out of precaution or is this out of reaction to how his body's actually feeling? It's out of precaution. Like there's a very thoughtful, calculated plan that we have in place that we are going to script. If you had told me back in, you know, September, October, that we're actually going to be able to play him 30-some-odd minutes a night on every night that he plays, you know, I, I would have hugged you. It's a, it's, a, it's a big number, a number that I haven't had the opportunity to, to say or use since I've coached him. And so this is all part of evolution. It's part of a plan to how do you deliver him to what we hope to be the playoffs in the end of the year. This is only the first phase of the first third of an NBA season that we're adhering to. But the end game is, as I said, you know, for him to be a normal, you know, on the normal schedule of his teammates. And I think the reason I bring it up is for him to do what he's doing without really the foundation of a training camp or complete preparation is, uh, is remarkable to me. 
Last thing, you know, you take, uh, I know you take on the Lakers, a game which that was his signature game so far this year, 46, 15, uh, seven blocks, seven assists. It was one of the most, it was easily, I've seen all the games at Staples this year, easily the most remarkable game this year at Staples Center, Lakers and Clippers included. Brett Brown, the head coach of the 76ers, uh, is our guest. As you know, with your time in the league, your time in pro basketball, it's one thing to get to be competitive. It's another thing to have, you almost have to change your mentality, the importance of every possession, um, even Jojo, who, you know, he hasn't shot a great percentage of late and he, you have to learn it. There's a difference in a good shot and a good shot in the fourth quarter of important games. Um, get, where are you guys in the process of, we use the word process all the time with the 76ers of teaching them, not just how to win games, but how to win important games, take the right shots, get the defense stuff. Where are you in that kind of growth phase? I think we're doing better. I feel like the I call it crunch time. You know, like we, we have a crunch time section of our practices always. We have a crunch time section of our shoot arounds always. We have a look that we live in, that we've been living in uh, almost all of the year that involves really JJ, Ben, and Joe and different wrinkles and looks that we play out of that. A lot of three man action. And I think that we're getting better on how to walk games down. You know, we have we have won most of our close games. We poked ourselves in the eye in a few early. I feel like we learned from that. But like you say, and it's true, it's like I got a bunch of 20-year-olds with sort of J.J. as the grandfather, you know, trying to, uh, trying to really sort of intellectually understand what is good shot, bad shot stuff as the game winds down in the fourth period. I think we're improving, Doug. You are improving. Um, all right, well, you get the Lakers upcoming. Coach, we wish you the happiest of holidays and continued health and success to you and your team. And thanks so much for spending some time with us. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Happy holidays oh. to you too, Doug. The th- same to you. Brett Brown joining us. Dollar Shave Club has everything you need. I just got my package in the mail. Hair, skin, face, uh, shower, um, backside, even... I, I got a new toothbrush and toothpaste. Everything you, everything covered head to toe. They even have gift memberships and e-gift cards to give Dollar Shave Club a try today. Go to dollarshaveclub.com slash Gottlieb. Let's bring in Dan Beyer. Dan, yesterday was about suspensions in the National Football League. What's today about? Uh, suspensions in the National Football League. But this one, team enforced. The Kansas City Chiefs have suspended cornerback Marcus Peters for Sunday's game against the Oakland Raiders. Peters left the field last Sunday at a game against the Jets after he threw a penalty flag into the stands. Many watching the game, including myself, felt that Peters was actually ejected at the time that he walked off, but that wasn't the case. Andy Reid now saying, you aren't going to play in week 14. So, so, he, so he melted down. Yes, yes. And he, he walked off, had a huge smile on his face, was in the locker room, and then they said, well, wait, there is no Marcus Peters, and he wasn't kicked out of the game. He came back out. His socks weren't on. It was a crazy situation, and even crazier now for the Chiefs, who host the Raiders coming up this Sunday. Uh, Bengal safety George Iloka had that one-game suspension. There, there's a reason I said had, because it is no more. The one-game suspension reduced to a fine following his hit on Steelers wide receiver Antonio Brown, so Iloka is going to be docked $36,000. ProFootballTalk.com says the contract extension for NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell has been finalized. Compensation Committee members notified the other owners of the deal being done 
Sun, adding a, quote, nearly unanimous consensus, end quote, was reached among the owners on a new contract for Goodell. In college football, Arkansas hired SMU's Chad Morris to be their new head football coach. Doug, UCLA canceled their game tonight against Montana because of the fires near Pauley Pavilion and the UCLA campus, so there's no college hoops for the Bruins tonight. Hornets head coach Steve Clifford taking leave of absence from the team because of health issues. You know, it's it, it, the, the UCLA thing's interesting. I mean, obviously, if you don't know, the, the big new fire that uh, it's called the Skirball Fire, Overnight, there's the Skirball Center. Uh, and this is a very L.A. conversation, but I'll try and do it for people who aren't in Los Angeles. Um, the 405 freeway uh, basically connects the San Fernando Valley um, and Orange County, and it goes right by the airport and right by the west side of Los Angeles. The west side of Los Angeles is where UCLA is located. Uh, UCLA is on one side, Santa Monica's in the other. UCLA is in a town called Westwood, which abuts Bel Air, just north of Bel Air is uh, the Skirball Center, and um, uh, there's a couple of different, uh, like there's like a museum there as Getty well. Getty Center's uh, across the freeway. Well, yeah. the, the Getty Center, right? The Getty Center Museum, which has events there. And then there's kind of hilltop homes, but then a lot of brush. And it's, a, it's you know, it's hills, not mountains. And on the other side of that hill, by the way, is where our studios are located, and that's the San Fernando Valley. Encino, Sherman Oaks. And so the fire is in between, one of the fires is in between those two and kind of all along those hills. Um, it's not technically the Hollywood Hills, but I think somebody who's not from the area would say, well, the Hollywood Hills. They're all on fire. And this is a place, uh, lots of Hollywood celebrities live out in Calabasas. This is a, there's a pass, the Polo Pass. You have to go through in order to get to the west side of Los Angeles or into, you know, or into, uh, where the Fox Studios are, where UCLA is. And uh, b- by the way, um, uh, that's where a good portion of their fan base would be located. It does smell like smoke everywhere. I guess my only question is like, I don't know, can you just play the game? Like, does it matter? Because now you're not going to just not going to have a game, right? Like Montana, I think they're going to have to go home. Like, I don't know what their schedule is, uh, but you almost feel like they'd have to go home. And I'm, it's it's not because I'm I don't understand the gravity of all of the fires. The fires are going to be that fire will be out. Uh, it, there wasn't a ton of land, you know, outside of the homes that they had to save it from. But the winds have died down, and today is a good day for for firefighting, at least in that close in proximity to the west side of Los Angeles. I don't know. I, mean, I just kind of feel like it's one of those like let's just get it done, let's just get it over with, play the game, and and move on with it. I understand that maybe. It wouldn't be so fan-friendly. And there may be somebody like, well, it's bad for basketball players playing in the air. Like, come on, man. They're not 95-year-old elderly people. But uh, really scary. I mean, crazy fires. Rams have canceled their practice today. The Rams practice in the Valley, in Thousand Oaks, where there's a, a fire on each side of them. The Chargers, on the other hand, and the Eagles. The Eagles are uh, playing the Rams in South Central Los Angeles at the L.A. Coliseum, but they're staying in Orange County where the Chargers are located. There's really no effect. That's no effect there. So what you see on TV is 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 accurate, only it's on just one specific side of Los Angeles and greatly affecting the kind of sports sports landscape. Um, you know, Doug, just not to... I'm going to interject, but just no, to no. say for someone who's not a native of Los yeah. Angeles, when I first came here, I was surprised at the hills in the city that you think of like normally you know chicago's just 
City. Flat. Yep, yeah, yes, totally yes. Flat, yeah. and the, you know, we're, we're same thing with New York City. You come to L.A. and that is not the case at all. And so that's, that's different for people who aren't from here. Yeah, so I moved here. I moved to the Los Angeles, uh, Southern California, when I in 1981. I was six years old, and you know, so some of it you learn growing up. And one of the things you learn is, and it's it's, it's awful to think of because people lose their homes, and hopefully, you know, nobody loses their life in it. Um, and you lose your home, there's just nothing you can do to replace your valuables. It just goes in a second, obviously. But it is the topography, the land, the type of weather. It's very similar to places in in the Mediterranean, and. It's actually supposed to burn like it. That's if you didn't have any houses here, there would be brush fires and it would burn. And then, you know, the land kind of regenerates itself. The problem is that, you know, we, we build all these homes on it. And then last year you had historic rains this year. You don't have the historic rain. So everything is overgrown and dry. And then you get the winds, the Santa Ana winds, which come out of the desert and you get brush fires. Go ahead, music. Uh, I thought this was interesting. I just saw it on Twitter. Uh, ben Bolch is the UCLA beat reporter for the LA Times. You mm-hmm. were just talking about how UCLA canceled their game and everything. He tweeted out at about 12.30, so about 10 minutes ago, Houston Rockets, including former Bruin Trevor Ariza, are practicing at UCLA right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't really get the... I, 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 I don't really get the... Do you think it could be a thing of security, um, police, firefighters, possibly. that yeah, sort of thing? That's, that, yeah, possibly, yeah. Again, but like we kind of overdo it with the security thing. Like, really, like Steve Steve Alford needs a cop on each side, you know? I mean, I don't know. Uh, um, yeah. So, I don't think the smoke thing. I think is anybody says is bubkiss. I would say it's probably the resources thing, but I also think the resources thing is really overstated. I just don't think. Look, UCLA is kind of PCU. The last thing they want to say is, "Hey, we're dedicating." Even some of our campus police officers uh, to be ready. You have to. You probably have to in the Pac-12. You probably have to have an ambulance ready as well. And like, look, we just we don't want to divert resources from things that are really important. And and that's what happens. The truth is, like, I would just play the game and get it over with, and let Montana be on their merry way. Let them collect their guaranteed check and let UCLA get their win. So. Uh, I do want to talk about this Roger Goodell contract that you heard from uh, from Dan Beyer. It's fascinating what they were able to negotiate in the deal and why more deals overall should be like that. We'll get to that a little bit later in the show. But first, um, Ben Roethlisberger has even more respect from the Bengals, has even more respect for the Bengals after all the hard hits on Monday night. Real news or fake news? I'll tell you next. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I always wish I was a base, right? You could. Brian Billick will join us top of the hour. We'll get his sense of. Um, like, look, the Giants can build this thing kind of from scratch. Uh, he has, of course, been a part of a couple of different uh, organizations that have uh, remade themselves. Back was with the Vikings, then, of course, with the Ravens, won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. We'll ask Brian Billick about that process upcoming. But first, uh, let's play a game. Game This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Dan Byer, what do you got for me? Uh, we have a game today called 
Fake news. Okay, real news or fake news, Doug, entering their showdown with the Ravens coming up on Sunday night. Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger says he doesn't have respect for Baltimore. That's real news. You are fake news. Now, actually, Roethlisberger told reporters at a conference call that the difference between a Steelers-Bengals game and a Steelers-Ravens one is that Baltimore actually has respect and they've got it as well, while the Cincinnati one is more about, quote, just going out there to hit people, end quote. So even though these two teams have gone at it for years and years, he says it's more respect, unlike what we saw Monday night in Cincinnati. I think it's also because the Ravens have won a Super Bowl. Ravens have been competitive with the New England Patriots. Um, and, and the Ravens have, frankly, beaten the Pittsburgh Steelers more than the Cincinnati Bengals. So I, I think that's – but, look, there is a level of nastiness, uh, whereas Ravens Ravens uh, Steelers is just plain physical, right? There's, mm-hmm. It's some of the Chiefs stuff. But it should be pointed out that, like, his team is just as guilty as of some of the Chiefs stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's been there for a while. Vontez perfect, and the Steelers obviously had a history, but yeah, fair point. Real news or fake news, Doug? Despite leaving Week 13's loss to the Ravens with a hand injury, Lions head coach Jim Caldwell said quarterback Matthew Stafford is good to go for Sunday's game against the Bucks. I'm going to say that's fake news. You are fake news. Yeah, you're right. Lions head coach Jim Caldwell instead saying that Matthew Stafford's hand injury could still prevent him from facing the Buccaneers on Sunday while the hand isn't broken. Caldwell said Stafford, quote, isn't out of the woods. End quote. Stafford was replaced by Jake Rudock in that game against the Ravens last weekend. Oh, oh, Jake Rudock. Oh, okay. Jake. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yep. Could you pick him out of a lineup? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I watched him for years in the Big Ten, and no, couldn't. Whether it be Iowa or Michigan, yeah, no, not going to happen. Maybe that, and that's kind of why I put it in there, because it's not like Kellen Clemens will get the start. You know, a name that we are at least familiar with. Right, yeah. we're, we're, yeah. but, well, honestly, we're familiar with Kellen Clemens because of Boise State, right? And I mean, uh, Not because of anything, and I mean, well, and because he was hurt last year, and that's what allowed Dak Prescott to get the job, but... But not because of Jake. That was Kellen Moore from Boise State. Yeah, oh, Kellen was. Clemens went oh, to Oh, Kellen Oregon. Clemens, I'm yeah. sorry. Kellen Clemens is Oregon. Kellen Clemens is the Jets. Kellen, you're right. Yeah. And Kellen Clemens is uh, with the uh, L.A. Chargers. My bad. Good catch. Good catch. Yeah, Jake Rudolph, yeah, couldn't couldn't pick him out of a lineup. No chance. If Jake Rudolph walked up and said, hi, I'm Jake Rudolph, <laughs> I would go, nice to meet you. Why is that important to me? Real Starting news. quarterback potentially with the D- Detroit Lions. Like, get the heck out of here. No, you're not. Oh. Yeah, I am. Real news or fake news, Doug? The city of Minneapolis doesn't have enough police to police to provide security for Super Bowl activities, so they are asking for help from the National Guard. Uh, that sounds like real news. They're real oh. and they're spectacular. Yeah, events going to be spread out all across the Twin Cities, and because of the number of police force, the host committee said they'll pick up the cost of the charges to help over ten days of events throughout the Twin Cities. Why don't they go Police Academy 4? Yeah. Do you guys remember Police Academy 4? Ramos, you remember Police Academy 4, right? I, I don't remember. I didn't get They far. all blend together for me. Citizens yeah. on Patrol. Don't mm, you remember the Citizens okay. on Patrol? I'm I'll, telling you, Minnesota's uh, wasting this opportunity. Citizens on Patrol. Watch Police Academy 4. Steve Gutenberg, of course, the star. And um, I just train average everyday <laughs> Joes. And Moe's, and uh, you don't have to go to the National Guard. Real news or fake news, Doug? FAU head coach Lane Kiffin called himself the greatest recruiter in the country. 
That's real news. You are fake news. No, I actually sent out a tweet saying that USC offensive coordinator T. Martin was the best recruiter in the country, and it was actually a, quote, retweet to a Bruce Feldman tweet saying that Tennessee hadn't, at the time, reached out to T. Martin earlier this week. Well, it's pretty obvious that he continues to tweak Tennessee, right? Yep. I mean, that's that's really at the – and even though it's funny, it's the kind of thing where most people in football are like, yeah, I'm never hiring that guy. Finally, Doug. So you went on Twitter, people chuckle, they give you a little pound or yeah. whatever, retweet, but it, Your it's, notifications, it's not a hireable thing. Notifications blow up. Um, real news or fake news, Doug? 53-year-old Rafael Palmero is considering making a comeback in Major League Baseball. That has to be real news. They're real oh. and they're spectacular. He told Ken Rosenthal he's never felt better and still stands by his stance that he never knowingly took steroids even after serving a 10-day ban for a positive test in 2005. He's never, ever, period, felt better? Never That's what he said. Best period. best shape in his life. Yep. Best shape in life. Period. Yeah. Fifty-three years old. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Come on, dude. I've never knowingly used steroids. Like, God, that might have worked in Barry Bonds in the court of law, but court of public opinion. Stop it already. Stop it. Just stop. Brian Billick joins us uh, next on the show. We'll get his thoughts on the Giants mess. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio, coming to you from the City of Angels. Two first place teams, Rams, Chargers. We'll cover them as well as uh, uh, the rest of the National Football League when Brian Billick joins us in mere moments. Got a great show for you uh, this hour. Trent Dilfer is going to join us. We'll ask him to break down Donald and Rosen, um, as well as potentially a couple other quarterback prospects. He knows them oh so well. As we look at the Browns, who have said, can't have enough quarterbacks. That's assigned to everybody. We're still looking for a quarterback in the draft. Um, but, you know, speaking of quarterbacks, like, look, it's not easy. It's not easy to sit down a Manning, let alone a Manning in New York, like Eli Manning's won two Super Bowls. Uh, it was handled, I guess, poorly enough to which it was the straw that broke the camel's back with the Giants. And they are in search of a new general manager and in search of a new head coach. And a guy who would know a ton, a ton about personnel moves, remaking a franchise. Uh, Brian Billick's an incredible resource. Of course, you see him on the NFL Network. Kind enough to spend some time with us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show, care of SeatGeek.com. Coach, let's let's start in New York. Um John Mara said he signed off on it. The general manager signed off on it. The head coach, the, this was the, kind of the plan. They went to Eli Manning like, look, we want to get Davis Webb in. He said, that's fine, but I don't want to start. They, they bowed to his wishes and started Geno Smith. Uh, why, is it, why, why are the Giants the bad guys for, um, for how they handled Eli Manning? Yeah, you know, let's begin with the fact that there really is no good way to do this if you're talking about transitioning from, from a player of the stature of Eli Manning, two Super Bowls, the affection they have for him in the organization. So yeah, I got to preface it by saying there's no really good way to handle this, but we've learned that doing it the way the giants did certainly isn't the way. Um, when you make that kind of move, it is an organizational decision. And from the outside, it looked like there was maybe a palace coup going on where Reese, the general manager, uh, and McAdoo decided, okay, we're going to make this happen and got the ownership to sign off on it. Uh, however it was handled and however it was communicated, um, obviously whether they rethought it or the Maras are simply giving cover to, to McAdoo and, and Reese at the time, 
and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we were aware of it, uh, they're obviously not pleased with the way it went down. Now, the question becomes going forward, that still doesn't mean that they aren't going to decide to move on from Eli Manning at the end of the season. Uh, they may very well, you just, you just quote, you know, quoted the Cleveland Browns, which I, I kind of question your logic in quoting the Cleveland Browns on anything. But you, that you can never have enough quarterbacks. Well, that's true, and you can. And, and I'm sure we will hear a scenario by which, okay, it's a good quarterback draft, so we're going to take one of these guys, but we're going to let him, you know, let Eli be a mentor for him. That doesn't work, and that doesn't happen. And and so this, there's yet let a lot left to be left to be written about this, and we'll see whether the Giants and the new management truly want to move on from Eli or whether they think they can, can waltz this combination of going after getting a young quarterback and still keep Eli Manning. It, it, and as you know, you well know, it's hard to find another quarterback. Like everybody says, well, you know, you trade him to Jacksonville and you just go get it's, – it's hard to find the next guy. Um, look, they're going to first search for a general manager, then for a head coach. What's your thoughts on how they should – Ernie, of course, he's going to kind of help, help them, guide them through this search – what what type of general manager? Who's the type of personality? Or what's the type of background you should have in order to get that job? Well, you, the Giants obviously have been one of the most stable, uh, iconic organizations in the NFL forever. They have not done this outside the organization search for a general manager. I think I read someplace since the, the late 70s. Uh, and Ernie Corsi is one to obviously help put that together. Um, they have to decide what kind of combination, what 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 uh, partnership they want. This is a general manager's league now. So, uh, yeah, they're going to start with that, and then whether they're going to leave it to him to, to choose the next head coach or that they're going to look at some combination and put them together, a.k.a. what we saw in Seattle with Snyder and, and, and Pete Carroll. Um, you know, that remains to be seen. Their, their MO before has been the power has been with the general manager, and then he will choose – the, the head coach going forward. So that's, and the fact that they have made the move now is legitimate. They can now start to piece that together. My guess is that they'll have the general manager in place fairly readily so that they can move quickly come black Monday in January when the head coaching firings, firings and hirings begin. Brian Billick, our guest on the Doug Gottlieb show. Of course, you can see him on the NFL network. He's joining us care of SeatGeek.com and the promo code Billick for $20 off your first seat geek purchase. What's gone so wrong for the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, it's interesting you should ask that. I'm doing a, a segment on our show playbook tonight at 6 o'clock on the NFL Network where we ask that same question. So I went back and looked back at the last, the early part of the season when things are going well and now when they're not so well. And what I saw on the defensive side was shocking. I'm talking about misalignment in fronts about hesitance at the linebacker level to pull the trigger. And when they do, they flow too, too high, you know, too, too one way or the other, they overreact, uh, miss tackles. Um, what's not going on on the defensive side. And, and this is a team that has the pedigree. Bob Sutton's one of the really good defensive coordinators in this league. It's shocking to see how poorly they're playing on the defensive side of the ball. So how do you fix it? Well, that's, that's a good question because obviously, I mean, you are who you are. Your players, it's not like anybody's going to come riding in on a white horse. Um, they've had a good scheme. Um, I don't know whether it's a matter of they've got to do less. Uh, they've got to isolate what, what their problems. I mean, I'm showing clips tonight where they're literally getting blown off in the middle of the defensive line. 
um, to where they're going. You know, they double on one side. No one can beat a one-on-one block to get home at the quarterback on a pass rush. So whether that means you've got to bring more more guys down the line of scrimmage, supposed to pressure and stop the run, but they've got to fit up well. So you just basically you coach your way through it. You try to show them, look, we've done this right before. You go back to that film and say, let's do it this way as opposed to what we've been doing the last couple of weeks. The Minnesota Vikings are a red-hot team, and they're doing so with a Case Keenum, who people view as a backup quarterback and think eventually they'll hit the ceiling. But like, even without Dalvin Cook, they have established a good running game. They have uh, Kyle Rudolph and... Uh, and and uh, digs in order to get you know to get the ball to the defense is is dynamic. Is Case Keenum good enough to win the whole thing with? Yeah, he has shown that. I think he's moved past. And I'm I'm as guilty as anybody who uh, of those who thought of Case Keenum of the Case Keenum that had to start as a rookie in the playoffs with Houston and looked terrible. That was with both the Los Angeles or the St. Louis and then Los Angeles Rams had uh, a dozen starts or so and looked terrible. Um, and thinking, okay, well, this guy is at best just a backup. But he's with a very good football team. And you could say, well, you could put a lot of people in with a good football team, good running game, big play receivers like Thielen and Diggs, and, and he'd look okay. I, I think that that's not giving credit to Case Keenan. He has played very well and is a reason why they're, they're so efficient, hitting big plays down the field. Uh, he's playing to the perfect complement. I think Minnesota is a great, great story. Now, I obviously have an affection for it, having been there for nine years as their offensive coordinator way back when. But we could see uh, legitimately the first home team host the Super Bowl, which to me would make them the favorite in a Super Bowl because they're playing great defense. They're getting efficient yet big play out of their quarterback. They're running the ball. Uh, When you think about them playing in Atlanta, an Atlanta team who's coming off back-to-back 30-plus performance, one of them 34 points in Seattle, and then are held to three field goals, in Atlanta, uh, that tells you about everything you need to know about Minnesota. Ryan Shazier is still in the hospital in Cincinnati, and uh, obviously everybody hopes for the best. Just an awful thing to watch. Am, am I crazy, though, to make the statement, you lose a Ryan Shazier, your defensive play caller at this point in the season, that's a really hard guy to replace. Like, personnel-wise and record-wise, but but they've, they've played to the level of their competition, played down and up to level their competition, I feel like that's a that that's a almost a death blow to their Super Bowl hopes. Is that overselling his level of importance to that defense? Well, I don't think you can oversell the importance of him to the defense. Now, whether it kills their Super Bowl hopes, hopes they're they're still a talented team. You're right; they are a bit schizophrenic. It'll be an interesting challenge at home, where they tend to play well against the Ravens, and a Raven team that's been challenged offensively, um, and, and a Raven team that they re- literally ran the ball down the Ravens' throat in Baltimore earlier in the season. Now. That's the Pittsburgh team we should be able to see. Will we? Uh, I don't know. That was an interesting game in Cincinnati. It looked like they were kind of thinking about something else until they got to the fourth quarter, and Ben finally said, okay, I've had enough, you know, and then puts them on three scoring drives back-to-back-to-back, including a nine-play 80-yard drive for a touchdown. Um, That's the Steelers that are, are capable of winning it all. Whether we see them on a consistent basis or not, we have not yet. Um, and certainly the Ravens have a lot at stake. They need to show that they indeed can go on the road, play a team like the Steelers, and win because they're likely going to be on the road when they make the playoffs. 
Go to SeatGeek.com for uh, any ticket this NFL season. The promo code is Billick, B-I-L-L-I-C-K. You get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. The great Brian Billick, you can see him tonight, 6 o'clock Eastern time on the NFL Network. Coach, really appreciate you joining us. Glad to do it. Brian Billick joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Roger Goodell has signed a contract extension to remain the commissioner of the National Football League. Um. I can tell you exactly what happened with him and Jerry Jones and the rest of these owners. That's upcoming next. But first, you've heard me talk about the amazing shave I get from my Dollar Shave Club razor. I don't know if I've told you about the other products that I also get from Dollar Shave Club. I use their shave butter. That's like shave cream. Uh, Makes your skin incredibly soft. Um, I I use their toothbrush and toothpaste. I use their uh, body wash, body cleanser, their face wash shampoo and conditioner and oh yeah by the way i also use their booty wipes i use everything in my everything in my bathroom essentially is from dollar shave club and it just shows up monthly at my door so i I want you to love dollar shave club as much as i do so here's what we arranged for you the first month of their best razor along with the travel size versions of shave butter body cleanser and even the butt wipes that i use for just five dollars after that replacement cartridge ship for a few bucks a month right to your door it's the Dollar Shave Club starter set. You'll get yours for $5 exclusively at dollarshaveclub.com slash Gottlieb. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash Gottlieb. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for and on average save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Do, 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 do. Happy holidays to you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, favorite holiday movie Ryan Music favorite holiday movie I'm gonna go with Nightmare Before Christmas <laughs> Nightmare Before yeah. Christmas is huge I was actually listening to a um, I was listening to something I think on NPR or something one morning about uh, yesterday morning or the day before um, I was uh, I was up early I was listening to Clay Travis driving and I, I he went to commercial break and I switched over to NPR and they were talking about Nightmare Before Christmas like I do I haven't I don't I haven't watched that with my kids and I was like mm, I, I I think it'd be appropriate for my age kids but I don't know Nightmare Before Christmas John Ramos our uh, movie connoisseur Christmas Vacation Christmas Vacation that's yes. my wife's uh, my wife and my wife's family's personal favorite uh, Dan Beyer favorite uh, holiday flick yeah Christmas Story yep. Christmas Story oh fudge oh fudge only I didn't say fudge Right, um, Home Alone would be mine, uh, and then Die Hard, uh, Die Hard One more than Die Hard Two, uh, but uh, all all are, um, and then Charlie Brown Christmas also really good, really good. There's some other ones, there's some other ones. I'm not like uh, what's what's the one? It's a Wonderful Life. I just I, I've never gotten into <laughs> It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Always oh, number one though. Every year, everybody says It's a Wonderful Life. With oh, Jay it's Stewart. a Wonderful Life. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Oh, I love that movie. That's incredible. So Roger Goodell has signed a new contract. Um, He will be swimming with cash. And it's kind of interesting. Like, okay, Jerry Jones wanted to slow the train. They had already approved the contract. They were mid-negotiations. Goodell signed a five-year contract extension. Um, A source told Adam Schefter that the new contract would be worth $200 million over the life of the contract, potentially about $40 million annually if the owners approve all bonuses and all the metrics are met. Uh, it would run through 2024, 
And by some, it was a contentious argument. 85% of the total potential compensation packages is from bonus. This is essentially an incentive-laden deal. It's not quite Ricky Williams with the New Orleans Saints. You guys remember that deal? The whole thing was incentives, right? That didn't work out. But it's mostly, this is very much incentive-laden, which I agree with. Like, look, my thing was always, what's his leverage? What is Goodell's leverage? He's going to walk out the door. You know, he has these secret codes. He knows the secrets of the NFL. Like, eh, what's his leverage? Now, he can say, look, you want continuity? And I've been able to take kind of the bullets for other owners, uh, for players, for whomever. If I'm the guy that people don't like, it's fine. I'll make a bunch of money, but I got to make a bunch of money. And Jerry Jones, I, I, I thought Jerry Jones was really smart about this. Look, all he was doing was negotiating. All they were doing is negotiating down um, what was guaranteed money. There's no, no difference in this and in NFL contracts per se. Like, look, sure, we'll give you $40 million a year. We'll give you the private jet. I, I haven't heard details of whether or not the private jet um, is in this deal. But, you know, look, if you can make $40 million a year, you can get your own private jet, dude. But, but my read in this is Jones was simply negotiating. And Jones, like Goodell, Goodell has taken the bullet for owners, for the league, for players. And that's part of his compensation. That's all Jerry Jones was doing. Jerry Jones, was, he looked around the league, well, hold on, we got some issues. We got ratings problems. We got, you know, we have some, have some labor issues as well. We, we have to continue to grow the game Make sure we haven't tapped out. We get what do we do with the Thursday night package? Is that expires? Like all of these things are interesting. Why don't we wait? And I don't know the logic behind not waiting, but I know that if you can get an incentive laden deal, be like, look, pay forty million dollars. If the league is making X or X plus two or X plus three or you know three two X three X whatever. So I, I think that all makes sense. I think that what they found was a happy medium between what Jerry wanted, which was waiting, and what the compensation committee wanted, which was this thing done. So what they did was they said, this thing is done, only the value of it is going to depend upon whether or not he digs us out of this hole and he finds even more money. And, and in truth, that's Goodell's gift. Goodell is not a great polished speaker. Okay, but Goodell has been able to put together these, these deals that have made everybody ridiculously wealthy. Two teams in Los Angeles. They're not only, and he got the stadium in Los Angeles, which is going to house the NFL network. All of that, like, he didn't have to... Not only is he... How about this one? Like, Roger Goodell is going to sit there in his negotiation. Not only did we get a stadium in Los Angeles that can host the Super Bowl and host the NFL draft, but we did it and we're going to have the NFL network located there and didn't cost the NFL or any other owners money, other owners money. We moved to the Raiders to Las Vegas, more money for you. We're playing games in all different countries, more money for you. We established the Thursday night football product and then split it between two entities, more money for you. Like he's, that's where he is. That's where he is gifted. Yes. Right. Music. 
How do you think Jerry Jones feels about this getting finally approved? Do you think he's okay with it now that it actually, like, he had his voice heard? Because his whole thing, as you mentioned, was that he was kind of trying to get it delayed, like, hey, prove it to us, prove that you've earned it. But now that it's an incentive-based deal, do you think he's okay with the way that this ended up playing out? I, I you know, it's it's all going to be everything. It, it's no, it's probably no different than what we've heard about Eli Manning being benched. Maybe it's not the fact that Eli Manning was benched, but how it was done. How do you do this with Jerry? Did they hear Jerry out? Did they make Jerry a part of the process? Did they adhere to some of his principles and negotiations and say, look, Jerry, we, we, we had already approved this thing. This is the best we could possibly do. We, we can't leave a guy hanging with no contract and a contract. This is not, we can't do a Joe Flacco. That's not the way it works in business. You know that. Well, I know. And so what we did was we did the, do I think he'll be, I think he, uh, I think his pride will be hurt a little bit, but I don't think it matters. This is music. You brought this up to me and I agree with it. It's a, which is, it's kind of like when NFL players say they're mad about suspensions and about how suspensions are handed out. And they're like, hey, we'll remember that next collective bargaining agreement. And they don't. And like the, the power of the commissioner is like the 20th most important thing when NFL players are negotiating their collective bargaining agreement. For Jerry Jones, like, remember it, write it down. Don't care. Uh, doesn't matter because Roger Goodell is 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 going to outlive Jerry Jones in the commissioner's seat as opposed to Jones in terms of uh, how long he's running the Cowboys. Like, will Jerry Jones be running the Cowboys in seven more years? I don't know what the answer is to that. The answer is probably not. So I'm sure his pride's hurt a little bit or maybe a lot bit. He's a prideful guy, but I think he could probably take some, if they're smart, They'll give him some ownership. Like, look, we listen to Jerry Jones. He's right. We had to at least protect ourselves in case things go bad. And here's how we protected ourselves. What about the players? Do you think that a majority of the players are okay with Roger Goodell continuing to be the commissioner? Or do you think that there's enough of them that are going to be displeased with the fact that they're just going to look at the total sum of the contract and maybe not be as concerned with whether it's incentive-based or not? Look, this is this is the way the world works, Okay. And, I, and people who are listening, you should listen very clearly. I, I talk about this a couple of times a year. If you've ever gotten a Sunday newspaper, Ramos, do you still get the, the newspaper? Oh, I do not anymore. No. Bayer, do you get the newspaper? No, I don't. My mom gets the newspaper. My mom obviously in the demo of people that would still get the newspaper. On Sundays, you get the Sunday paper, right? In the Sunday paper, you got a real estate section, special section, you got other little, and there's the parade magazine. The best parade magazine all year is this one that has people's salaries, postal <laughs> yeah. worker, right? You're like, dude, wow. librarian makes 60 grand? Get out of here. I'll go stamp some books. I'll go chase some people down that have overdues. Right? And then you're like, wow. Uh, and it's just like entrepreneur and they're making like $15,000. $15, like, well, you're not really killing it out there. And then there's other people that make ridiculous sums of anesthesiologist $420,000 like man I'd love that gig um, when people find out he's making $40 million a year incentive laden not incentive laden they will lose their collective minds NFL players anytime something goes wrong they don't like they'll be like dude makes $40 million anytime somebody goes cheap nickels and nickel and dime anything like hey the commissioner makes $40 million stop nickel and diming us 
But the truth is that he's the CEO of a of, of a of a several billion dollar. And I'm not even. But this is it. Maybe in the in terms of overall value, he'd be like the CEO of a trillion dollar company. And so much of this is about scale. Like, what do you think CEOs make? What do you think Bob Iger of Disney made? What do you think Rupert Murdoch or uh, James Murdoch is his son? Um, what do you think the Murdochs from Fox, what do you think they make? What do you think their take is going to be on the 60 to $65 million deal in which they're selling off like historically all of Fox TV, Fox's movies and these reportedly the regional sports network. Like, dude, they're going to make nine figures on the sale of that thing, at least. And so while it sounds like a crazy amount of money, and if he was in Parade Magazine, like Roger Goodell, commissioner of the NFL, I wonder what that pays. $40 million. Wow. People don't care about the details. They'll be jealous, but they won't do anything about it. It won't change anything. They might not be happy, but we started the show saying life wasn't fair. <laughs> right? Right? Why can't we, why can't college players get to transfer and not sit out the way that the way that coaches do because life's not fair. It's never been fair. Get started with that and then kind of, you know, work around. We'll get this. We'll get the same thing from players though. We'll get the same thing from players. Uh, love has an army. Not sure if you're aware. Love does in fact have an army. And that army is the Salvation Army. Like you, you see the Salvation Army and you hear that bell and immediately you think of Christmas, but you should think of the 21 million, 15% of all kids that, that don't have the basic needs they have to be above the poverty line, you know, to be supported. And so uh, what we've done at foxsportsradio.com or 833-SAL-JOIN is find a way to which you can donate five bucks, a hundred bucks, 500 bucks, whatever you can do to dig deep, dig deep. And it, it will help. That's 833-SAL-JOIN or go to foxsportsradio.com. That's because a hundred dollars, hundred dollars can feed uh, a family of three. hundred dollars for three nights. That's foxsportsradio.com. Click on the red kettle icon and donate 833-SAL-JOINS. Bring in Dan Beyer, find out what else is going on in the world of sports. Doug, quick injury note to pass along tomorrow. Big showdown between the Saints and Falcons in Atlanta. But Saints running back Mark Ingram missed practice again today because of a toe injury. So his status for tomorrow, really up in the air as we speak. No longer up in the air is the contract extension for NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. ProFootballTalk.com, the first to report that the contract extension for Goodell has been finalized by the Compensation Committee. Reports say it's a five-year extension for Goodell with bonuses and incentives. Could be worth up to $200 million. George Iloka of the Cincinnati Bengals. Had his appeal heard, and he won. So his one-game suspension for his hit on Steelers wide receiver Antonio Brown is now gone. However, Iloka will be fined $36,000 for that hit. Chiefs head coach Andy Reid suspended cornerback Marcus Peters for Sunday's game against the Raiders after Peters left the field after receiving a 15-yard penalty last week against the Jets when he threw a penalty flag up into the stands. Eagles sending Zach Ertz. What's that? 
Uh, Eagles tight end Zach Ertz and Bengals running back Joe Mixon both remained in concussion protocol. Arkansas hired SMU's Chad Morris to be their new head football coach, while the Hornets will be without head coach Steve Clifford. He's taking a leave of absence from the team because of health issues. And 53-year-old Rafael Palmero told Fox Sports reporter Ken Rosenthal that he's considering making a comeback to professional baseball. Shohei Otani, the Japanese star, has met with all seven teams now that he dwindled down on his list. Now it's just up to him to make a decision on where he wants to play. Why doesn't Rafael Palmeiro want to be like a hitting coach? Like, he was a great hitter. Why does he want to come back and play? I mean, maybe it's because the way in which he left the game? I don't know. That doesn't make any... That doesn't make any sense. No sense to me at all. I don't know. Oof. Um, all right, let's bring in my man Trent Dilfer, who joins us, Super Bowl champion quarterback. We're talking all Ravens. We talked to uh, Billick uh, earlier in the show. Uh, Trent Dilfer joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. TD, how are you? Doug, how you doing, man? Miss you. Good. I saw the. Uh, I saw the. You had. Uh, you had a new knee put in. New knee, baby. Forty-five years old, and I got a brand new, uh, brand new knee. It's been rough. Uh, well, oh, look. We hope you're. Well, I saw you working out. I saw the pain you're going through. On your Instagram account. Hope you get better really, really soon. Um, I wanted to ask you, we're getting ready for bowl season, and there's a lot of talk about these two quarterbacks. And uh, running the Elite 11, being as invested in the quarterback position as you are, there isn't a better resource out there uh, for breaking it down. Um, as of today, knowing what you know, if you're the Browns and you got to have a quarterback, who do you take? If he comes out, Sam Darnold. Um, I, now, I heard on the front end, I'll say this. I do not think Sam Darnold nor Drew Locke will come out. Um, but if they did, they'd be my first and second quarterbacks, and then Josh Rosen would be my third. But uh, Sam Darnold is, a, in my opinion, a transformational-type player. Um, he's very, very talented, but that's not what makes him special. Um, he's got all the dude qualities you could ever ask for. He's a natural-born leader. He's tough as nails. He has incredible ability to create space and time for himself in the pocket. Uh, he plays off-platform, which, as we know in the NFL, more than half the plays are off-platform, unless your name's Tom Brady, uh, where your feet are kind of taken away from you. He can still make every throw. Uh, and I think he just has that it factor. And I know that's a very ambiguous term, uh, an esoteric term, but it's true. It's, it's it. He's got whatever that it is that makes him special and uh, man, if I was a general manager, head coach, then I'd tell I would die to coach. Now, now, why? What? I mean, hey, look, he's cut down in the interceptions, but he is so much better off platform. He is so much better out of the pocket. Whereas when you watch Rosen and they matched up in the Coliseum, you're like, wow, Rosen looks like a pocket passer, looks like an NFL ready player. Um, doesn't that lead you to have some level of concern, seeing as like the guys who have the greatest longevity? over the last 20 years and have had the most success have been guys, they may be mobile like Aaron Rodgers, but they can really do it from the pocket. Well, that's what Sam is, though. Sam is more of an Aaron Rodgers-type player than what college football's made him appear to be. If you go back and you watch the end of last year when they had a little bit better personnel, um, receivers that got open on time, that's a big thing. that For whatever reason, the broadcasts haven't talked enough about this year. Is you know, Sam's dealing with some young receivers that don't get open on time. That's a lot of the reason for some of the interceptions, for some of the stuff while he's trying to create. But if you go back to last year, when they were playing more from the pocket, the game was more on schedule. He had more veterans around him, a veteran offensive line. Uh, you could see 
uh, that pedigree of a pocket passer with the addition of the intuitive movement stuff. Now, I'm not saying anything bad about Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen is a once-in-a-generation type thrower um, in terms of just passing the ball. If that was the position, if it was just about passing the ball, then Josh Rosen would be a no-brainer because very few people have done it like Josh Rosen can do it. So, uh, so what is it with Rosen? What, what what is it with Rosen? Like like and and look, I've heard the exact same thing from other people uh, like you that I respect. Uh, Trent Dilfer joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. I've heard the same thing. It was like, look, in terms of just just throwing the football, you don't get any better than 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 what Josh Rosen does. But then you're like, who would you take? Oh, I'd I'd take I'd take Darnold. Wait, wait. So, what is it? Well, there's so many layers. I mean, me and you have talked to Ignazium about this back in the day when we were both at ESPN. We'd sit there in, in your studio and talk about all the different layers, right? It's like if, if Philip Rivers wouldn't be a Hall of Famer if it was just about throwing a football. I mean, there's just so many other things to go into. It's the processing of information. It's the toughness. It's the leadership qualities. Uh, it's the resilience. Um, it's learning how to learn. You're always growing. You're always, always evolving. If there's anything we can learn from Tom Brady's brilliance, it's not just that he's brilliant. It's that he pushes every year to get more brilliant. That he never, he's never done learning. He's never done growing. He's constantly pushing the envelope every year to get better. That's the kind of makeup that, that Sam Darnold has. Now, I'm not saying Josh Rosen doesn't. Josh Rosen and I have a very uh, chronicled history. We did not get along well at Elite 11. Uh, when he was a rising senior, he did not like me at all. He did not like my coaching style. He did not like how hard I was on him. Uh, I didn't like him very much. He was uncoachable at the time. Uh, he did not want to, you know, benefit from the experience we were trying to give him. Now, Josh Rose and I had an absolutely awesome experience this summer when he came back and was a counselor for us. He has grown a ton as a man. He out of his shortcomings when he was a youngster. Um, he he has all the stuff to be great. But you're asking me if I'm the Browns and who I'm taking, who I have the most confidence in, it would be Sam Darnold. But, man, I'd be really lucky if I'm the 49ers and I'm picking third or something or another team that's looking for the Giants to get Josh Rosen. I think he's going to be a great NFL player as well. What about Josh Allen? Not a believer. Uh, wildly talented. Uh, I see all the same things everybody else said. I thought it was ridiculous when all these unnamed scouts and general managers start saying he was the first pick of the draft last year. Um, he's a big physical kid that can do all the physical stuff but doesn't play the game yet the way it needs to be played. There's just a lot of maturity that needs to come with his game. I think he's an awesome prospect. If we're just talking prospect and we're going back 15 years where you were drafted, developed, you played behind a veteran. You had time to learn. You had time to grow. I would put Josh Allen exactly as I put Paxton Lynch. And I got tons of heat when I did this with Paxton Lynch. I did not have Paxton Lynch in the first round because I knew in today's climate he was going to be pushed on the field too soon. And he was not even close to ready to play from a physical, you know, how you play the game standpoint and a mental standpoint. I'd put Josh Allen in the same boat. Will he be successful? Man, if he goes to the right place and gets a couple years to sit there and learn kind of the Aaron Rodgers experience, he could be a superstar. Um, but that just doesn't happen as much today as it did, like I said, 15, 20 years ago. So that, that's what scares me about Josh Allen. Um, I haven't heard you mention Baker Mayfield. Um, Mayfield is, you know, he has 
a great leadership skills, although some of the personality thing makes fans at least think could be a little Manziel there. Plus, there's a little bit of Manziel in terms of the pocket movement and maybe a little bit of reckless throws, although it seems to have some of the arms, doesn't have the arm strength issues that uh, that Manziel had. What's your assessment of, of Baker Mayfield? <laughs> I think it's the hardest one in a long time. Um, you know me, I'm not a big Twitter guy. The last night I was on Twitter and I saw some debate about or some comparison with him and Russell Wilson. I think that's crazy. Um, Russell Wilson has massive horsepower. Like, his body generates, and you know exactly what I'm talking about as a basketball player. There's certain guys that have X amount of juice, and they have juice and they have strength, physical stature, strength to go along with it. That's Russell Wilson. That's why he's able to be an aberration and play the game but not on time and have longevity. Baker doesn't have the same physical juice. He doesn't have the same horsepower. So he's going to have to play like Case Keenum's playing right now in what is seventh year in the league, eighth year in the league, how he's learned to play on time. If Baker can learn to play on time and then trust his physical instincts and some of his playmaking ability 10% of the game, not 40 to 50% of the game, then I think he could be a very good player. Uh, He has a very good mind for the game. He makes way more decisions in college football than most college football. He's been trained. Lincoln Riley's done an incredible job turning that kind of pro sped into a decision-making offense, which is great for a college quarterback. Uh, So Baker has an advantage there. But you can't deny, and this is just history. Now, this isn't my opinion. Small hands, small joints, short. Very few guys. Yeah, Drew Brees made it. Russell Wilson, by the way, has massive hands. There's been a handful of guys that have overcome the lack of physical traits that Baker's going to have to overcome, but he's going to have to overcome some stuff. And the other thing, look at history and look at Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks and how they go in the NFL and look at guys that are massively productive in spread offenses and how they transition to the NFL. The stats aren't very good. And that I want to be pro-Baker because I don't want to be wrong on this thing. The same way when you're evaluating Russell Wilson, like, man, I really want to be pro-Russell Wilson because I think he's going to be successful, but history says they won't be. I, I, it's funny. That's, it, that's it, kind it, of where we land on Baker. There, there's a kid named Trey Young uh, who I want you to watch play for Oklahoma this year. And yeah. most and, and most people will always give, give me grief over my assessment of Steph Curry because no one had ever been able to make it the way that Steph has been able to make it. Like he's he's totally an outlier, right? Part of it is the NBA yeah. game. Anyway, so Trey Young is a college basketball freshman version of Steph Curry, but he's a little bit less athletic. And I fear that people are making that comparison because nobody wants to be wrong, even though they know uh, what the most likely scenario is. So Trey Trey Young would be, which by the way, crazy, he's at Oklahoma as well. You'll see him in, he's actually leading the country in scoring as a freshman. Um, I will definitely. Well, I got nothing else to do, Doug. <laughs> Literally. All right. Well, you got to rehab that knee, and so rehab that knee. We'd love to have you on anytime. Trent Dilfer, join us. Thanks so much, Trent. Uh, that football discussion brought to you by True Car. You can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Jason Whitlock is saying both Leangelo and Lavar Ball are lying about what happened in China. I'll give you my thoughts next. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience.
Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Every day at this time, we'd like to play for you a portion of one of the great shows on Fox Sports Radio. We call it... Um, earlier today, Jason Whitlock, uh, who you can see on Speak for Yourself, was on with Colin Cowherd on The Herd. You can hear on your uh, iHeartRadio app or on any of our... Uh, on our Sirius XM channel 83 or on any of our um, Fox Sports Radio affiliates, Jason had this to say about the Ball family and their appearance on today, the Today Show. I know from a highly, highly reliable source that LiAngelo's credit card was declined. That's what triggered the shoplifting. This whole thing of, oh, people just started taking things and I kind of fell in behind, that is bogus. His credit card declined, that triggers the shoplifting, and of the three kids, only one of them shoplifted from all three stores, LiAngelo Ball. So this insinuation that these other two kids, Cody Riley, Jalen Hill, oh, they were the ringleaders. No, LiAngelo Ball on the Today Show with his dad sitting right there, just backed the bus over two black kids and basically blamed them. To me, what, what LeVar is following, there's only one playbook like this in all of sports television, in all of media, and it's the Donald Trump playbook, right? Which is you, you violate all the rules of what you're supposed to say and what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to act. And when things don't go your way, you lie about it. And when called upon those lies, you turn it into you against the media and make the media into the bad guy. That's the playbook. It's the only possible explanation. Because it's awful. Your son steals and you blame everybody else except blaming your son, including the school who helped negotiate his release. And now you make up a story about other players throwing your teammates under the bus instead of being personally accountable? Not acceptable. But just because it's unacceptable didn't mean it didn't work for Trump. And LeVar Ball thinks the exact same thing. That any attention is good attention. It brings attention to his brand. And while most of us with a brain are laughing, going like, this is crazy. This is nuts. How does this, how does he even still exist in this world? The answer sits in the White House. Go back and look at some of the things said, some of the things that lies told. Just easily, and, and like this, easily provable lies. Easily provable. But there's something inside of us that is so not trusting of what we're told that we'll even believe the most far-fetched lie if it's told in convincing fashion. So I'm sure Jason Whitlock's right. I'm sure that this is what happened. This is what happened. And if it was up to me, LeVar would go away. But it's not up to me. What does the fuck say? Chris Broussard will join the show upcoming next. I'll ask him about uh, Steph's ankle, about LeBron's incredible dominance, but he's playing 37 minutes and have the Oklahoma City Thunder figured it out. Find out next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> Hope you're having a great, um, wait, what day is today? Today, Wednesday? 
Today's Wednesday, right? It's the day before more football is being played, right? Yesterday we reacted to Monday Foot Night Football. Today we got kind of a ah, little thing. Roger Goodell signs a new contract. Just kind of a weird Wednesday is just kind of a. Uh, uh. But we're getting close to the NFL games that really, really matter. Aaron Rodgers did throw at an open practice, open period in practice, so everybody's raving. Aaron Rodgers is going to be back. I told you he was going to be back. His people told me he was going to be back. Um, just stick with us. We know what's going to happen before it actually happens. Of course, they got to win this weekend. Otherwise, it doesn't really matter if he's back, right? Got to win this weekend. Uh, Chris Broussard will join us upcoming in mere moments here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Really kind of fascinating to see what's going on in the NBA. Thunder have started to kind of figure out what they want to do rotation-wise. Uh, we talked with Brett Brown earlier. If you missed our interview with Brett Brown of the Philadelphia 76ers getting ready for the Lakers to come to town, you can uh, you can download the podcast either on Facebook or on Twitter or go to foxsportsradio.com. Uh, plus, we got uh, more with LeVar Ball, the new LeVar Ball rule, which is just, um, it's actually an old rule the Lakers have had, but they're trying to... Um, Make sure they, what's what's the word I, I'm looking for, guys, where you you have a, a law, you have a rule, but you're, you're, you're going to, you decide to enforce it. Well, let's welcome in Chris Broussard, who you can hear a weekends here on Fox Sports Radio, 4 o'clock Eastern time, matter of fact, every Saturday, along with another good friend of mine, Mark Willard. They also, he also has, um, Broussard has a tremendous podcast I download. It's called In the Zone. Talks obviously about uh, being, uh, about NBA hoop. Uh Brew, let me let me start with Le, the Lavar Ball rule. Um, is this the Lakers just saying, "Hey, we are so done with you," or uh, or is it, or is it something else? I don't think it's them saying they're totally done with him. I think it's just them having grown tired of his comments. And obviously, he's going to still be able to talk. I mean, you've seen him on CNN and the Today Show and. You know, look, any media outlet will take him, and he'll be able to get to you. But this is them trying their best to silence him, you know, or keep him from ranting and raving after every single game. Obviously, the only thing they can control is what goes on in the arena or at the practice facility. So in those situations, mainly the arena, they're going to try to keep the media away from him. So that's really what this is about. And you saw the comments he's made recently um, I just can't believe he just won't keep quiet. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. Um, yeah, I do too. I think they're just making it harder for him, right? And yeah, like the last yeah. thing we want, last thing you want is the immediate reaction right afterwards. You want him to have a breath, and it's also I mean, like they'd it's love a, it. if they could silence him outside of the arena, they would. You know what I mean? If they could like ban him from talking or ban parents from talking to the press. They would do that. They just can't. So the only thing they can control is what happens at their game. But but you I, like look, um, I can't think that Magic Johnson is happy about not just what happened with Leangelo, but the way in which they've handled what happened with Leangelo. Like and yeah. and, and 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 while that's not that's out of his purview, it is within the purview of Lavar. And and there's always going to be that association with his point guard, with his, you know, future star, and that he Magic couldn't be happy with how that's no. how that's gone down. No, not at all, not at all. You're right. I mean, he he basically blamed everybody except Leangelo. He's blaming UCLA. 
Um, you know, was he blaming on the Today Show, the interview? Did they blame the other two players? Um, but Leangelo hasn't taken responsibility and been accountable. And what, what LeVar is doing, uh, and this could affect LaMelo, I don't think Leangelo is anywhere near an NBA player, and that's everything I'm hearing from around the league. But if he were to be, you know, get to the league and be a marginal player, and then Lonzo, if in two years we're seeing the same stuff, and you know what, he's okay, nothing special. What this is doing is that if his sons are good enough to play in the NBA, but not stars, not difference makers, not a player you got to have, then guess what? They won't be in the NBA because teams will look at it and say, he's not worth the, high, he's not worth the headache. It's just like with Kaepernick and with Tebow. Yeah, they're good enough to be in the NFL, but are they good enough to, you know, outweigh all the headaches, the distractions, the baggage that comes with them? And that is what is going to happen with LeVar Ball's sons. And I'm telling you, Lonzo, look, I still think Lonzo will be a good player. But if he, if he, you know, becomes just a mediocre player, he will be dropped in this league like a bad, you know, like I don't even know what analogy I'm looking for, but you know what I'm saying. He will be dropped quickly because nobody's going to want to deal with his dad. Chris Broussard joining us, 4 o'clock Eastern Time every Saturday. You can hear uh, he, along with um, Mark Willard, in the zone is the podcast. You can see him throughout all of our shows on Fox Sports 1. Um, you, you could make the case that, at least statistically, this is the best season LeBron James has ever had. And he looks amazing. But he's playing 37 minutes a game. Now, some of that was just to stabilize them as they were struggling. Now they got a win streak going, and they're starting to get Isaiah Thomas healthy. Like, at what point are they going to be able to dial back some of his minutes? You know what? I don't think that they will. And, and I, don't, I think if they had their choice, they would. But I don't think LeBron will let them. You know, this, this isn't – I don't think – I mean, look, obviously Ty Lue could do it if he wanted to. He's the head coach or if he forced it. But I really think LeBron will not let them cut his minutes. We heard the same thing last year. Oh, LeBron's playing too many minutes. He's got to slow down. Did he? No. He wants to play 37 minutes a game. That's it. I mean, that's just, it's as simple as that. Now, you said how great he's playing. He's been tremendous. I think the big difference – some people think this is his best year ever. Okay, our colleague Nick Wright is one of those that thinks that way. I say no. I think his last two years in Cleveland, I think his mid-two years in Miami, you know, and that's just to name four. But obviously, statistically, he's pretty much the same every year. But what I'm saying is defensively back then – he was a different player. He had more energy. Yeah, he, he doesn't was more he doesn't, athletic. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't move nearly as well. We, yeah, we, we watch the highlights, and he can still dial it up in important parts of the game. And but there are a lot of plays that he takes off defensively. Exactly. That and, he didn't and, used to do. Do it right, that way. Right, and it's it's really hard to see in the stat sheet, or even when you watch. When you watch highlights, you know what you're looking for. Chris Broussard joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Uh, Steph rolled his ankle. Um, but, but, you know, KD gets, gets into another little verbal kind of kerfuffle. I, I feel like this was my takeaway, Chris, and, and you tell me if I'm, I'm wrong because of the fact that the Celtics kind of roughed up the Warriors and beat them. Like that's become, uh, the scouting report on them that you, that there's no real enforcer on this team that KD's mm-hmm. trying to be a tough guy and he's not 
that you can be super physical with them, make the refs call fouls, it's fine. We got enough guys. And and that's and that's kind of what's at the uh at the core of what's going on with KD and some of these technical fouls. I think that's a great point. I do think teams are like, look, we got to find a way to beat them, and they're a finesse team. We can try to get physical with them, rough them up. Uh, obviously, you're going to try to do that with Kevin Durant. Nobody's scared of him. You're right. Nobody thinks he's a tough guy. The only thing I think was different, the the, the Boogie Cousins one, it, it, that looked like that was more Durant instigating to me. Now, maybe I missed some plays during the game where – you know, Boogie pushed him or elbowed him or something like that. But I thought Durant was the one kind of pressing that issue. Um, but overall, I think you're right on the money. And it's smart. That's what I would do if I were team. And here's the, the, the thing I'm looking forward to seeing with these Warriors. Look, we know what they are without Kevin Durant. They're a tremendous team without Kevin Durant. And I think he's their best player. But I think Steph is their most important player. And I'm interested to see what they do without Steph Curry. We saw what they did without Kevin Durant last year when they went on that winning streak. Steph got his feet under him and really played his best basketball the regular season. I want to see how they function without Steph and if they're as good with KD kind of as that lead guy versus Steph being that lead guy. What are the reviews of, with Chris Paul at the Houston Rockets? So far, so good. I mean, the, the plus-minuses show that they're still better with one of them on the floor versus both of them. But talking to people around the league, look, I'm beginning this, and some, some other people are too, I still would pick the Warriors. But I'm beginning to think Houston can really give them some problems in the playoffs. And that's where I think, look, Chris, we know he's playing nice, his numbers are nice. But I think in the playoffs is where he's going to be even more valuable. His mid-range game – his defense, not to mention some of the other players, P.J. Tucker, that they've added, that have really made them a solid defensive team. They're going to be, i tell you what, to see them in Golden State go at it in the playoffs, I think will be terrific. The one thing you have to look at, Chris Paul has faltered at times in the clutch. You know, he's obviously had good minutes in the clutch, but he's also faltered in the playoffs. And James Harden has really faltered badly when the going got tough and the pressure was on in big games in the playoffs. Can those two, you know, overcome those issues they've had in the past if they get into a tight series with Golden State? That'll be great to watch. When are we going to see Kawhi Leonard? There's talk that he'll be back within the next week. and Some some people think maybe, you know, you might even see him this week, later in the week. Um, I had heard, I talked to somebody a couple of weeks ago, and they said it was he was coming back soon. So I, from what I've been told, he is just, he wants to make sure he is like 110%. Like he's not going to come back early. He wants to make sure he's totally right. Um, I think the Spurs have been a little bit frustrated with it, but obviously they're still playing well. And I think this is going to bode well for them. Assuming he's 100%, you know, gets back to – the Kawhi Leonard we all know, I think this is going to be great for the Spurs because these guys who have had to play without him, I think it's just going to make them better. It's giving them more confidence. And come playoff time, that's going to be important. He's got a great podcast. It's called In the Zone. Um, and, of course, um, you can hear him Saturdays on Fox Sports Radio alongside Mark Willard. He's Chris Broussard of Fox Sports and Fox Sports 1. Chris, thanks so much for joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. 
All right, my man. See you. Pleasure is absolutely mine. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Roger Goodell got paid, but the devil is in the details. We'll detail them next. Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. John Ramos and the ones and twos playing all these spectacular tunes. These ditties, as the I think the kids call them. And the kids actually definitely don't call them ditties. What am I saying? So Roger Goodell got a new contract. And uh, that new contract apparently is massively incentive laden. And, um, you know, it's one of those one of those deals to where it, it actually it feels like the most NFL contract ever, doesn't it? Like NFL contracts are famous for not being worth the paper they're written on because you're like, well, what's the final? It's $150 bajillion, but only 30 cents is actually guaranteed, right? Um, so I, I think it's I think it's really going to be interesting how motivated is Roger Goodell to get all of these deals done, which if he hits certain markers, if he hits certain markers, then, uh, then he could make upwards of $40 million a year. To be commissioner of the National Football League. I mean, look, I, I mean, in many ways, I side with Jerry, Jerry Jones in this thing. It's like, look, he's good, but I mean, I mean, couldn't we save five, ten million here, or, or at least just wait? More on that in a second. Love has an army. You can help join the fight. Help the Salvation Army. For those in need all over our community this Christmas, by going to foxsportsradio.com, clicking on the red kettle icon to donate, or call eight three three. S-A-L join. I like the idea of incentivating contracts. I do. I mean, I just, I don't know how hard the markers are to meet, but I, I think what the NFL owners are clearly saying is what I have always told you. I've always told you. Look, I've been doing this, this time slot for 10, uh, 10 years through three different networks. And through it, there's been different incarnations of people taking shots at Roger Dell. Like, just watch the league now. They got out of St. Louis, which was a declining market in the Midwest, and they got to Los Angeles. They got out of San Diego, which is always ever I, I love San Diego. Okay. I live as close to San Diego as I do to Los Angeles. All right, right there, kind of in the middle. Slightly closer to LA. San Diego's great. Not as good a market as LA. It's just not. Absolutely not. Um I don't like that they're not really in San Francisco proper, but where they are. In Northern California, prime position. Now they're in Vegas. Like they're actually doing a really. They're in the Houston franchise is more than up and running. I do think the next move is to find a way in which Houston and Dallas are in the same division. Rams, Chargers, Raiders, all in the same division. Ravens, Redskins in the same division because the challenge in the in 2018 and beyond is going to be getting people in those stadiums. The stadiums are nicer than they've ever been, but it's, it's, it's an obsolete idea to go to, to go to a season long uh, commitment to NFL games when the product is so good on TV and you miss so much when you go to a stadium and it's so expensive to go to that stadium, but I like it. I mean, I, 
I mean, listen, Goodell's inconsequential in comparison to the actual product of the league. A lot of that's decided by the players and by the owners and yada, yada, yada. But what I've told people for a long time is you can be down the commissioner all you want. The fact is that every business is a bottom line business. And the bottom line is in good shape. Could it be in better shape? Sure. And that's why Jerry Jones is like, "Mm, let's hold off. And the owners listened to him and said, why don't we do an incentive laden thing? So if he hits markers, nobody's going to, if we're making a billion, who cares if we pay him 10 more million? Doesn't matter. A billion is one more million than 999 million. Like, oh yeah, that's, that's how much a billion is. So if they hit their numbers, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Good gig if you can get it though, right? Let's bring in Dan Byer, find out what else is going on in the world of sports. Um, Bunch of stuff, though. Bunch of stuff. Um, This just in on Steelers linebacker Ryan Shazier. About 15 minutes ago, the Steelers PR department updating that Shazier has been transferred from a Cincinnati hospital to a Pittsburgh medical facility. However, the team says more tests and evaluation are going to be done on Shazier, so doctors aren't providing an update on his condition after suffering a spine injury in that game against the Bengals on Monday. So he's been transferred, but we just don't know what exactly is going on with Ryan Shazier at this moment. I would say, I mean, like, listen, I'm a um, hope for the best, expect the worst, you know, sort of person. But, and Dan, you guys, and Ramos, you guys hop in if you tell me if I'm wrong. But if we haven't heard positive news yet, right? Like, they always want to share positive news. Always, always, always. We haven't heard positive news yet. Doesn't that give people cause for concern for how bad this is? I, maybe I'm a half full guy. I look at it as like they want to make sure that everything is okay before they have to backtrack and say anything. And that that could go wrong. I don't think that, you know, we, we use the term about Matthew Stafford uh, in his hand that he's not out of the woods to play Sunday yet. In a more serious matter, I don't know if Ryan Shazier is out of the woods for a serious injury um, that could affect the rest of his life yet. Correct. That's, 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 that's what I mean. That's what that, yeah. that's my fear. Um, yeah. I look at it the other way. Because what happened was the initial reports were, hey, might be a spinal concussion. Might be just like Tommy Maddox. Tommy Maddox was, missed one game and he'll be back. Like, okay, you know, but if it, if it was that, if there is any hope that it was that, I don't know, insignificant or, you know, fairly insignificant in comparison, wouldn't we have heard it by now? We're two days out. Yeah. Two days out. Yeah. I, I I fear this thing is bad. Well, it's bad. I hope it's not. I do look at it as well, and I'm, and I don't, maybe I shouldn't say any more about it, but that they were able to at least transfer him. Maybe yeah. is something that's positive. I don't know. Just fingers crossed, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you're going to live in the Cincinnati hospital all the time, right? You know, Pittsburgh's but, got amazing. Pittsburgh's got amazing health. Sure, but I don't know if, uh, you know, maybe maybe I'm wrong. And I don't want to speak. I'm not an expert by any means in the medical field, but just maybe hoping if if things were more serious, they would still want to keep them at that facility. The, the, the really amazing them. thing is that the, the push to um, alleviate the damage done by concussions has been so great that... People have, it's like people have forgotten that these sorts of injuries have happened, uh, not in the NFL on a yearly basis, but in in either Division One football, high school football, or the NFL on a yearly basis in which somebody in a prominent game has been paralyzed, right? And it's like, we don't even talk about that. There's That was the reason that, that moms wouldn't let their sons play tackle football 
going back uh, to when I was a kid. Now it's more about like, hey, I don't want my kid to get brain damage. And almost people have forgotten about this. And now you're like, oh, yeah, and you could get paralyzed if you hit somebody wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah, pass, pass. Hopefully we'll get some news sometime soon and that it's good news on Steelers linebacker Ryan Shazier. ProFootballTalk.com, the first on it. Roger Goodell's got a new contract extension. Five-year extension, $200 million. It could reach that value if they reach certain incentives and bonuses. Uh, Apparently, according to reports, Arthur Blank, the head of the compensation committee, did speak with Jerry Jones over the last couple of days. So Jones was in on this deal being finalized, whether he approved or not. Totally different story. Bank- no, but it's smart to bring him in on the oh, conversation, yeah, sure. right? Like you don't want to make this adversary. You don't want you know. You don't want to be the one who's like, I told you not to deal that. Do that deal, like Jerry. We're all in this together. We all voted on him to get it. Like, how would you do the contract? And I'm sure he feels at least a little bit part of the process. That's smart. Bengals safety George Iloka had his one-game suspension reduced to just a fine following his his hit on Steelers wide receiver Antonio Brown on Monday. So Iloka is out $36,000. Give you some injury news in the NFL. Saints running back Mark Ingram didn't practice again today because of a toe injury. They've got the Falcons tomorrow. Patriots wide receiver Chris Hogan was on the practice field today. That's good news as he tries to return from a shoulder injury. Patriots have the Dolphins on Monday night football. Jordan Reed going to miss another game for Washington. He's out against the Chargers because of his hamstring string injury. And Eagles tenant Zach Ertz, along with Bengals running back Joe Mixon, both remained in concussion protocol. Chad Morris going to be the new head football coach at Arkansas coming over from SMU. Suns guard Devin Booker is going to miss two to three weeks of action because of a strained groin. Yeah, did you see that? Did you see that play? I mean, he obviously, he lit up the uh, Philadelphia 76ers in their previous game. But I don't know if you saw that play. He was running and all of a sudden he just stopped moving. An adductor, I can't remember which is for one, adductor and adductor on the inside and outside groins. Yeah, I just say groin. It was easier. Um, but uh, left adductor, I believe, is what the injury was. Two to three weeks. Had to be helped off by his teammates, carried off by his teammates. No Steph Curry tonight for the Warriors against the Hornets. We knew that because Curry was ruled out for the next two weeks last night. But the Hornets are going to be without head coach Steve Clifford taking leave of absence from the team because of his health issues. Do you see this John Ross story? Uh, on IR for the yeah. Cincinnati Bengals, yes. Two Targeted two times. That's Laquan Treadwell esque for a rookie Tar- season. <laughs> targeted, targeted two times, and um, he didn't catch a pass. One time, he quit on the route. Uh, you want to talk about a guy who was the the ultimate? Um, uh, what is it called? One of, the, one of the workouts in my my combine freaks. Yeah, is yeah. That, He's, yeah he, there's there's a combine warrior right there. The the drafting made zero sense whatsoever when they took John Ross. That team needed a lot more than just a speedy guy to take pressure off of AJ Green. Wow. Unbelievable. It's, yeah. like, it's, em- it's embarrassing. And and you know what it's going to cause? It's going to cause your head coach to get fired. Mm-hmm. You know? Hugh, ja- Hugh Jackson's going to get fired. Offensive line wasn't good enough. They lost Whitworth. He goes to the Rams. You look at Marvin the Lewis going to get fired. Yeah. Huh? Marvin Lewis going to get fired. I'm he sorry, Marvin Lewis. Well, yeah. Hugh Jackson probably going to get fired too. Yeah. Sorry. Mar- Hugh Jackson is former offensive coordinator. Offense has been the same since he left. But Marvin Lewis probably going to get fired. And look, some of it's going to be his fault. Some of it's going to be Andy Dalton's fault, but some of it's going to be front office's fault. And if, if Marvin Lewis, uh, you know, pushed for it, then he's an idiot too. You know, to, to get a, th- this is a, this is like getting a pair of rims. Like you need a new car and you're like, nah, you don't need any new rims. Like, yeah, but that car barely runs. Like, yeah, that's okay. I need some new rims. This Dotson, or, or just getting new rims and keeping the same tires. Yeah. Like your tires are worn down, they're balding, 
And then you go in and you're like, yeah, man, I need some, I need some wheels and tires. This and Datsun. Like, All right, well, listen, it's uh, $3,000. Like, I only got two. <laughs> well, you can get the rims for two, and then the tire's only a grand. Like, all right, cool, I'll take that. And then all of a sudden you get a flat tire. Like, what, what happened? You just got new wheels. Like, yeah, I didn't get new tires. That's exactly what the, um, what the Bengals did. I was going to make a joke about a Datsun, but I think you pretty much you know, set it up with the rims. Need yeah. an oil change after 100,000 miles. Nah, do you think, do you think music it. knows what a Datsun, what company a Datsun became? Don't look it up, music. What, what company did a Datsun become? No clue. That's Nissan. What's Nissan? It used to be Datsun, and then it changed its name to Nissan. That's how old we are. We're officially old, right? We've used payphones. We played ColecoVision, and we remember when there used to be Datsun. Like, like the little trucks were Toyota or Datsun. They both had these little trucks that ran forever. And uh, my, when I was in, I first started going to basketball camp in second grade, coach named Wayne Marino would drive me around Southern California in the back of his Datsun truck with a camper on the back. We listened to Rick D's in the morning on Kiss FM. There you go. A little bit about my life. Enough about me. Let's talk about you. Has anybody paid attention to the disaster that is the Denver Broncos? Now, look, the Broncos should have lost the first, the opening game of the season to the L.A. Chargers. The Chargers were so inept at kicker, it it just couldn't happen. And they actually still outplayed the Chargers. Chargers came back late in the fourth quarter, had a chance to win the game, didn't do it. Made a field goal, then he called timeout, freeze the kicker, kicker missed, uh, kicker had a kick block, but he had missed one previously. Anyway, um, while everyone's paying attention to Kansas City going from the last undefeated team to 6-6 six and six and uh, losing five of the last six games, and maybe you're paying attention to the Chargers who started 0-4, in last place, buried below the Raiders, the Chiefs, and the Chargers in the AFC West, is the Denver Broncos. Here's John Elway on Orange and Blue 760 in Denver discussing this season. We're going to finish the season out. We're going to, you know, I, I never see the process there. So we're going to finish the season out. And, you know, obviously we know um, the expectations of the Denver Broncos. And this has been a tough year. It's not what uh, the Broncos are about. Uh, you know, I'm embarrassed about it and the fact that uh, this has happened. And, you know, we'll do my part to uh, hopefully get this thing turned around next year. It's been frustrating for everybody as well as us, too. That's John Elway. When I hear he's going to complete the season, that means mass changes. You're like, look, I'm not going to make changes now. That feels like Vance Joseph not long for this job, doesn't it? Isn't that the sense anybody gets? And I understand that that he's been to two Super Bowls and he's John freaking Elway. And I so he's not going to, um, he's not going to evaluate every position, right? Like I don't, they haven't been great on offensive line. I'm not going to say he's got to evaluate that. You know, they've struggled uh, defensively since he's given away. He's had to lose some players, obviously won a big contract, signed Von Miller to a big contract. They're not as good and dominant defensively as they've been. But John Elway should know what a quarterback looks like. And I don't think he does. Right, like, and now look. Maybe it's, I mean, the the example is Magic Johnson, right? Magic Johnson picks Lonzo Ball, and Lonzo Ball, I mean, you can talk talk how great he is, but he doesn't look the part, and definitely is not Magic Johnson. So it's 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 not easy 
even for the best of the best to be, but you, you, you feel like he should, and he's had several opportunities at evaluating quarterbacks and missed, right? Brock Osweiler was at first the heir apparent. He wasn't good enough. Um, and remember as much as Houston came in and gave him a couple million more dollars sight unseen without him even visiting Houston, they had to outbid the Denver Broncos. Broncos gave him, offered him 15. He got $17 million from Houston. And some of it was personal because he had been benched for Peyton Manning in the playoffs. But some of it was just, hey, you they offered me more money. They believe in me more. But the fact is that if you want to tell me that they passed on Brock Osweiler, they passed on matching Houston's offer. But they didn't pass on him. They made him an offer. So in terms of evaluating uh, Brock Osweiler and evaluating Paxton Lynch and and even Trevor Simeon who we saw last year and wasn't good enough last year and isn't good enough this year. I would think that 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 John Elway having three different opportunities to evaluate the position would be better at it, but he's simply not. They didn't put move move heaven and earth to go get Tony Romo. So you can hear him talk about changes, and when he says we're going to finish out the year, that that's not a strong endorsement for Vance Joseph, the first-year head coach of the Denver Broncos. That feels like, hey, look, I know he ain't the guy. We're going to fire him. We just can't fire him right now. And though you never fire yourself, you could hold yourself at least slightly accountable. And you don't hear that. There wasn't any, I've made some mistakes. i got to make some adjustments. i got to look myself in the mirror and try and fix this thing. The Chiefs' season has been spiraling out of control, and Andy Reid took a stand against one of his players. We'll tell you about it next. Broadcasting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Doug Gottlieb. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Christmas is on a Monday this year. Ramos, you hanging around? What do you guys do Christmas? What's your... Um... Um, we usually spend it at my sister's house uh, later on. But in the morning, we are at the house with the kids. They get to open their presents from Santa Claus. And uh-huh. uh, we go on from there. Um, Ryan Music, I know you're hoping you, re- you sat on Santa's lap, I think, the other day. I saw you on Instagram. <laughs> yep. What's your um, what's your family tradition? Just spend it at my parents' house now, um, and we'll see this year. Planning out how we're gonna split time between myself and the girlfriend, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, uh, the girlfriend uh, has her own traditions. Have you asked her about her own traditions yet? Yes, the her traditions are Christmas Eve at the grandparents' house and Christmas Day at her parents' house. So we are uh, sorting out the logistics. Okay. Uh, Dan Byer, uh, do you go back to Wisconsin? What, what do you What do you do? No, and this is your first this year. year being married at Christmas. Yes, yes, we'll be out here. Probably we'll be here some portion of Christmas Day as well. Sure, the Fox Great Sports NBA Radio basketball. Studios. There's there's lots of two stuff NFL going on games there. on Christmas Day as well. Um. So, uh, uh, do you have it now? You get to establish new Christmas traditions. There. Yeah. This will be this will be the first one in the new place. And we were hoping to uh, 
start some traditions on Thanksgiving, unable to do so, but uh, hopefully we can do so on Christmas. All right, good. So, well, yeah, uh, that's that's um, that's good stuff. This will actually we move back into the same house we lived in four years ago, so we'll have some of the same traditions. Although we've had Christmas kind of all over the map, uh, we'll be celebrating it at home. But um, last time we celebrated Christmas in Southern California, we heated up the pool. And we're like, dude, how many times are you going to get a chance to swim on Christmas Day? <laughs> yeah, right. Turns out we're going to get a chance to swim on Christmas Day. So uh, that's the that's the deal. Let's get to the press. The press. Representative Byer of Virginia. Dan, what do you have for me? I have got tons of stuff. In fact, I've even added some to the copy that may be right in front of you. But Good. we start at the top. The NFL's Compensation Committee has finalized a new contract extension for NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. Five-year deal and with incentives and bonuses could be worth up to $200 million. Look, if you want one takeaway, it's it's, it's this simple, okay? That are there issues? Yes. But generally, business is very, very good. And he's done a very, very good job. It's, it's no different than, uh, um, it's, it's no different than the argument against some presidents, you know, right? Like, couldn't you, can you argue with some of the things that any of the presidents do? Sure. But is business generally good? Yes. Then you want to keep, that's why it's so hard to beat an incumbent in elections, because if overall business is good, why are you going to make a change? Right. Very good point. Good point, mate. By Andy Reid, he's the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, and today says nothing more to it. Sat down, talked with Marcus Peters. He's going to be suspended for Sunday's game against the Raiders after he left the field against the Jets last weekend when he threw okay. a flag into the stands. Yeah, that was that was bizarre behavior. And I know Marcus Peters has always been kind of a uh, out in front of the media sort of guy, never shy to speak his mind. Um, but I look, I like this from Andy Reid. I don't feel like Andy Reid even wanted to do it. I felt like he felt like he was forced to do it based upon Marcus Peters behavior. And if you don't suspend him for that, like, what do you suspend a guy for? I agree. You're fired. Bengals safety, George Iloka had his one game suspension reduced on appeal. Yes. He won his appeal. Juju Smith Schuster, not the case, but Iloka one fine, just $36,000, just $36,000, but won't miss the Bengals week 14 showdown. All right. All right. I think that's about right. There's a difference between that and Juju Smith-Schuster. There just is. Between laying a dude out and standing over him, intentionally trying to do harm to him, as opposed to going after the football. Even if you're going after football and to break it up and you shouldn't break it up with your helmet, I think there's a difference between the two. Hello, right. and the Bengals will take on the Bears this Sunday. While on Fox, it'll be the Eagles taking on the Rams. And Fox is moving their NFL on Fox pregame show from their L.A. studios to the L.A. Coliseum this Sunday. The L.A. Times, the first to report this, that the iconic stadium will be the backdrop to the show on Sunday morning. And then later in the day, you get Eagles and Rams. So kind of a college game day feel is how Sam Farmer put it. In the times, it, it, it should be awesome. Uh, I love the idea of it, especially because you have the two crews, the two different shows. And by the way, uh, Dan's being a little bit shy. His radio show leads you up into those two shows <laughs> from here yes. on radio. Buyer, so, but they are not putting Dan out in front of the, the Coliseum. Not that we're aware. <laughs> well, oh. Not as of yet. Although I not do think that statue is wow. a very good replica. Thank you of, of you, Dan. <laughs> Thank you. They very, said shorts right. or no shorts. I'm like no shorts. You know, let's, yeah. let's do it right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, funny. is there is there any how about like the Coliseum out in front looks amazing the Coliseum inside <laughs> excuse me yeah. oh yeah I know what you mean uh, let's get to some college notes Arkansas 
Got a new head football coach, Chad Morris of SMU, going to run the Razorbacks football program. So here's what they did, basically did, right? You always, it's it's like when you get married the second time, you marry the opposite. It's when you hire a coach or you hire somebody, you hire the opposite. So Brett Bielema, what was Brett Bielema was known for like 15 offensive linemen on the field at once, <laughs> right? Run the run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. We're going to just power through it, uh, power hog football. And so they bring in Chad Morris, and Chad Morris essentially runs oop de oop, right? He's got he can't remember he was at Clemson. He was the highest paid offensive coordinator in the land. Then he goes to SMU, and they spread it out and they throw it and they chuck it a bunch. Plus, coming from Dallas, if you're at Arkansas, that's where you have to recruit if you want to be successful. Um, it's all going to come down to his defense. And if he can get his old pal Brent Venables, Clemson's defense coordinator, to come with him to Arkansas, I, I think it would be a it would be an even more impressive hire than had, hiring him. Hiring him. Well, I'm the king. UCF, University of Central Florida, has announced that they have become the first group of five school to sell out their ticket allotment for their bowl game. Yes, part of the New Year's Six. So they become the first. Houston went to the Peach Bowl. Western Michigan went in the Cotton Bowl. Boise State played in a Fiesta Bowl. But as Central Florida takes on Auburn in the Peach Bowl, they become the first of those three schools, or four schools, I should say, to sell out their ticket allotment. How about that? UCF coming up. Well, UCF has a ton of students. You know, yeah. it, it traditionally was a commuter school. And, of course, you know, like the South Floridas of the world, the Louisville's of the world, they built a ton of on-campus dorms. They have Danny White's their athletic director. He's outstanding. Young dude, a little bit younger than me. Really, really good. He was at Buffalo beforehand. Of course, Mike White, his dad was uh, is the AD at Duke. Mm. Um, Isn't that he, what you want if you're a, bi- uh, a Power 5 conference maybe looking to expand? Isn't this good for... For that, like if you're the Big 12 or any other school looking at Central Florida? Yeah, I just don't know how it would work with the Big 12. I just don't. Well, I just, I think the expansion, I think the expansion thing's kind of done because they don't bring any, there's no like massive following on television for UCF. There just isn't. UCF taking on Auburn, as I mentioned, on New Year's Day. NBC Sports Bay Area reports that while the San Francisco Giants are awaiting word from Giancarlo Stanton and if he wants to be traded there, the team actually feels that the Dodgers are their biggest competitor for Stanton and not the St. Louis Cardinals. Kind of what you guys talked about yesterday, right? Yeah, supposedly there are there are, there are some reports that say he's already turned down the deal, turned down any possibility of being traded to the San Francisco Giants. Now, look, Dodger Stadium is not exactly a home run hitter's park, but it is home. They are loaded, and... Um, and the $295 million is is nothing. Plus, they, they held on to some of their top prospects. Um, and th- I think the big thing is, how many of the prospects would they have to trade in order to get John Carlos Stanton? Finally, Doug, Grizzly Center Marcus all fined $15,000 for, well, let's just say it was this. Guys have taken more ownership on their on, on their mistakes. And, you know, it's starting to look more like us. Obviously, now we got to put together, you know, more games and more wins. And guys getting used to having a little more confidence with the ball in their hands and, uh, and get used to playing together. So, you know, overall, we won't. Yeah. Yeah, swearing on a live TV interview, yeah. that's going to cost Marcus all 15 grand. And it wasn't okay. like he said okay. the A word, right? Oh. Oh. It should he be dropped, tiered, he dropped, shouldn't he it? He dropped an F-bomb. Yeah. Like, he got, he, got his money, he got his money's worth. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Right, my picks were better last night, much better last night. I'll have to give you some on Twitter tonight uh, and, and find, some, find some really good ones in College Hoop. Uh, but exceptionally impressed with Villanova. Nova won the national championship two years ago. They did have you know one guy draft the NBA the next year in Josh Hart. Um, 
but this team is uh, frankly more talented. W- one through eight, really, really, really talented. Super talented team. Um, all right, well, tomorrow night we'll get you ready for finally a Thursday night football game. Again, that matters. Falcons, Saints. I mean, yeah, Falcons, Saints. Of course, Mark Ingram uh, didn't practice today. Leads you to think he's not going to play. And kind of a backs against the wall game for the Falcons. Download the podcast. We've got great stuff on it. On the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts carol g juan gabriel christina aguilera what do these three have in common You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.